Thank you for listening to the Starburns Audio Podcast Network. We have so many great comedy shows to add to your playlist. Just last week on Starburns Audio, our new player has joined. Keith and Jesse talked to Dr. Christopher Hale about getting involved with the Sister District Project. They also discuss fascism and gaming and echo the dolphin. On The Boogie Monster, Dave Stone and Kyle Kinane talk about exploration and treasure hunting, the protests, and redefining policing. On Office Hours Live, Tim Heidecker, DJ Doug Pound, and Vic Berger are joined by Thundercat and Z from Black Socialists in America. Listen to this episode to find out how you can help Office Hours raise funds for the Black Lives Matter Global Fund. Search Starburns Audio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcast platform for a full list of our shows. Featuring hosts like Monet Exchange, Bob the Drag Queen, and Amanda Seals. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Starburns Audio. Enjoy the show. And remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and keep laughing. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast where I, your host, Natasha Chandel, and some cool guests break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues. Today's topic is how to spot a commitment phobe. Let's find out. Hello, friends. Welcome to Kinda Dating. I'm Natasha Chandel. Uh, If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star review wherever you get this podcast, whatever app you use. We're also on YouTube, so make sure you subscribe there. Uh, Before we start anything, I want to let you know in advance, this episode is being recorded in early November. Uh, From end of November till the new year, I am gone. Guys, I'm fucking getting the fuck out of here. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going on a much needed vacation to uh, India and back home to Toronto for three weeks, which I have never done. Uh, I've never gone home for that long since I left like 10 years ago, which is amazing. Um, but uh, I want to let you know that you will still have episodes. So we um, this is why we do a podcast, guys. We bank shit. We work hard here. So you have episodes. But we'll also have some mini episodes um, during the the holiday break. Um, Um, where we need your help. So make sure you send us some of your uh, listener questions to kindadating at gmail.com and we might answer that question as a full episode um, on Kinda Dating. So make sure you send us an email, kindadating at gmail.com. Okay, today's listener shout out is to Erica Johnson who messaged me on Instagram with the sweetest message that really made my day. She said, my boyfriend and I broke up around two months ago and I found your podcast to help me through that super duper sad time in my life. I have learned so much about myself through listening and it actually made me switch my view on him being an asshole to him being someone who just wasn't a fit for me. Um, And that is okay. In turn, it has made me appreciate the good times with every past relationship. And I now look at them as lessons instead of mistakes. So thank you. I hope this podcast never ends. And I look forward to listening to the show each and every week. You know what I got from that, guys? Erica Single. So ready to mingle. Guys, listener friends who are single guys, hit Erica Johnson up on Instagram. I just pimped you out, girl. Um, no, the the real thing is thank you so much. I'm really glad that uh, that, that helps. And I, I always tell people most people aren't bad people. They're just not the right person for you. And there's no point in holding on to all that baggage and people being like, fuck that asshole. It's like, it's, it's fine. It's just 
probably wasn't a fit. Um, also, I hope this podcast never ends just for you guys and for me to have a job. So uh, from your mouth to God's ears, the universe or whatever the fuck you believe in. Um, let's get to today's episode. All right. Uh, I have a great guest back. Our friend here. She's actually in studio with us. You were like not. I, I don't know. You were just this voice that we had on the show. Thousands of miles away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you were here for two episodes, guys. I have a uh, journalist, dating expert and author of the book I talk a lot about, The Love Gap, How to Win in Life and Love. She's also now co-founder and CEO of the new dating app, Plum. Yes. Welcome, Jenna Birch. Hi, thanks for having me back. Yeah, you did two episodes with us before. Yes. Which was on uh, personal accountability mm -hmm. and why smart girls are single. Yes. And I talk about your book all the time. And I think like a bunch of people said that they like got the book after yeah, listening no, to the episode. I got so many people reach out to me after Kind of Dating. Yay. Everyone loved that. And I, it's always nice when it's, you have such interactive listeners, Yay. which is so great. I love hearing love that. that. Um, yes. Yeah, guys, make sure you uh, keep interacting with us. We are at Kind of Dating on all the social on all the socials. Um, and I'm at Natasha Chandel on Facebook, Instagram, and Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter. Where are you at? I'm at Jenna Birch on basically all platforms. So very easy. <laughs> you know what? Somebody stole my name and well, I get that's pissed horrible. about it. <laughs> How dare somebody else have the I same know. name as me? Um, okay. So we talk, uh, we ask every single guest the same question, single or in a relationship? I am currently single. Yes, girl. Yeah. Um, are you using your app Plum? Well, it's currently in beta stage. So yes, nonstop yeah. um, using the demo and trying to like fine tune it for our December 1st launch. But yeah, I've used dating apps my entire dating life, basically. Yeah. So I've been living it with everyone. All the questions are my questions, but I'm like researching answers. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and so tell everybody like what makes Plum different? Plum is different um, because I've really analyzed the science of like connection in real life. Like why does that work? Why do things stick? It's still the most popular way to meet someone is like through friends. Yeah. So the big thing about Plum is that it is a women, a women focused and driven app. Just, I think that that's so great. Women drive relationships. We've yeah. probably talked about this before, but uh, the accountability factor is that women will be able to rate men in an Uber-like fashion on early dating components, like you know, their communication and their respect, honesty, things like that. Nice. Um, and, and that'll be like an Uber rating. No, no comments, N nothing to get nasty, but men who do better in the algorithm will go up in the algorithm. Oh, so it, it works so it really nice. It sort of incentivizes it for men. Yes. Because if you want to be more of a catch, you yeah. got to make sure. And I think a lot of men, their, their focus is like, it's so superficial. Like even women have the same, like so many app daters are like that. But this gives you like elements of character in kind of like women vetting for other women, mm -hmm. which is like a protective thing. There's a lot of harassment. I, I heard about that a lot yeah. too and wanted to really figure out a mechanism to cut down on that. Yeah. And I think that this is- What kind of is, harassment? Oh, have you ever seen like the site by Felipe? No. Oh my gosh. You have to check it out. By Felipe on Instagram. Um, it's basically a site that kind of women report all the harassment that happens. And it's like, you know, sexual propositioning and like calling people like really horrible names. Like fat is like the common one because really? it's like a really, yes, what? it's terrible, but it happens more than you think. And it's really hard to get people to, you know, fully like block them because they can just start new accounts. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. my thing was like, what can we do to you know support women in this process, mm -hmm. support men in this process who are doing the right things and just sort of have like a kindness element to online dating, yeah, which I don't know can why feel so are. impersonal. 
so yeah, often. It's like, it's like it's like a bunch of internet trolls sometimes. I'm like, really you're, like a, you're sad in your life. So you just sit there and fucking put other people down. Yeah, it's lame. awful. And we already know that people behave online so differently than they yeah. would behave in person. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just Twitter is a huge example of that. Yeah. I get addicted to it, but it's it can be hiding nasty. behind your keyboard. Totally. Yeah. So, you know, that and comment sections, everything on the internet can be so dehumanizing. So we wanted to bring that human element back into it. Nice. And, you know, really get people to make real connections. I don't want people on my app. Get off my app, get into real life, start like make, forming relationships yeah, in, yeah. in a positive environment. Mm-hmm. And um, why'd you call it Plum? Plum, I, I think that it's symbolic of like the best experience or like a better experience. And, and I really kind of wanted to take the best elements of online dating and in real life dating and, you know, give someone, you know, Plum opportunities yeah. to find oh, the love of their life. I get it. That's nice. I was yeah. like, I was like, is that her favorite fruit? <laughs> part of a plum? Makes it- <laughs> Just symbolic. Yeah, I know. And it's cute. Like, yeah. I like the Plum. It's cute. So we're talking today about, um, you know, sort of a two, two two-factor thing of like how Mm -hmm. to spot a commitment foe but also sort of like in that same vein like filtering these people Mm -hmm. so that you're saving your time and using your time wisely right right so like let's just start with like why why are people so bad at filtering out choices I think we focus on all the wrong things and that's like something that's set up one of my favorite things about dating apps or talking to women who use dating apps is how they filter it's like you know, men too. It's like you use superficial things. And like for women, sometimes it's different than men. Um, Women definitely like resume date. I've seen that a lot where it's like, I'm going to filter based on like these colleges or these careers or they think they know exactly. Can you pick based on college? Well, you can just kind of monitor. Like where do people go? Like on Bumble and Tinder, it'll it'll show you their college. It'll Mm, show you, you know, what career they have. And sometimes we think we want something that we just, it doesn't work in real life, but yeah, we get drawn true. to that like on paper. It's that on paper, this person should be right for me, but it's not necessarily the best fit. We can get caught in those ruts and like just keep dating the same person over and over and over again yeah, and not focus on the connection element. Yeah. So it's really easy to get into those tactics where you're like, oh, I think I know what I'm doing. I'm going to just filter this way mm-hmm. based on what I think I want, but that doesn't necessarily work in reality. So people just get caught up on all the superficial elements mm-hmm. that are given to them. Yeah. And sometimes people also like don't know what they want and right. then and, and or are lonely. And so then they're just swiping at right. everybody right. and then just like wanting to go on a date just because like they don't want to be alone that night. But right. then And then they get caught up yep. in something because they're like, oh, well, there's sort of a connection or whatever. Yeah. Or like I, I sort of thought they were hot or I was just bored and lonely and I'm just going to keep going with this. And then they find themselves in like a thing. Right. And I think that that's what's interesting, too, is sometimes when it's an accident, you end up meeting like the best person or somebody yeah. that you're actually having fun with because you're just like, oh, I needed a date. I've seen that happen a lot where people were not looking for anything and they were just kind of like, oh, this person like looks good enough for now. And they get out there and they're like so much better in person. Yeah. I think that 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 has worked well for people when they get out of that mindset yeah, of like, yeah, I'm yeah. trying to filter very specifically based on these external criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of fun and interesting. But also you kind of have to know your goals. Totally. It's totally fine to like date and just be like chill, whatever. But some people like want relationships and they don't necessarily know what am I looking for when I'm digging through all these matches. Mm -hmm. Another thing I think is like, and I don't mean to be the, but I just think sometimes like people have, um, on what would be the word? How would be the word? They have too much hope. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But but I don't mean hope, like hope of finding love. We should have hope of finding love. But I think like when you're filtering out people and you meet 
you know, you you see the dude who looks like a douchebag, but you're like, I have hope that maybe he's maybe not he's a douchebag. Right. Yeah. And it's, I'm like, he's most likely a douchebag. Yeah, I know. And usually that starts early on like the communication oh, and yeah. app. Like I always even know, you know, are people putting effort into conversations or are mm-hmm. they just kind of like passively poking you, um, especially early online? If you want something more substantial, like pay attention to what they're saying to you. I know some people are like, oh, it's it's no big deal. This person doesn't know me. But usually when people are looking for something more, they're engaging in a little more conversation with you. It's not yeah, just yeah, like yeah. pick a time, pick a date, like very clinical. And then you show up and then like it dies. And I feel yeah. like that's something that app dating can really perpetuate is you don't know this person you get them on a date and then like nothing around that you have to have a conversation like technology is really built into our life that if people aren't like calling or texting you like in between these people that you know if the app conversation isn't flowing they're not actually trying to get information about you out they're just like trying to get to you know a specific purpose Mm -hmm. date sex whatever it is pay attention to those things like how you feel yeah as a person yeah 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 do they want to know me um (laughs) Why do you think it's hard for people to get from like, you know, we sort of touched on this, this like off mic, but like get from like a date to a relationship? It can be challenging because I feel like there are two different spheres. Yeah. I feel like dating is like this very specific thing where you're almost interviewing and you're testing Mm. things out. A relationship or relationship building is such a separate thing where you're getting to know this person. Can I merge lives with this person? Like, can they fit into my life? You know, do they like my friends? Do they get along? You know, do they support my career goals? All these different things. That's so separate than that initial trying to gauge for attraction and like basic elements of compatibility. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's where people get tripped up and they also get tripped up because there are so many options now that they're constantly like, oh, I think that people look for reasons not to like their date often because they know that they have other people waiting in the wings and they're like, well, I really want to check this guy out. He's in my app queue. Which (laughs) is so funny to me because I'm like, most people hate going on like all these dates and everybody's like looking for the one but then when you go out you're like waiting for the next one you're like I'm like how does that work you look at one little flaw and you're like well the next guy might be better and we just started talking yesterday and so I'm gonna just like test it out and you know this date was a test and the next date is a test (laughs) yeah it's uh it's a weird it's a weird process yeah yeah and it can end up like extreme interviewing and and we know with the paradox of choice that the more information doesn't necessarily make you happier more matches don't make you happier going on more dates doesn't make you happier um i really think that my favorite analogy was when someone kind of explained um it was a psychologist who explained the difference between like building a relationship and you know why people get things wrong and he said most of the time people date like thinking you know it's the relationship will be the best it's ever going to be when i meet this person um, and like, it's kind of like shopping for a car is what he said. You know, they think it's like shopping for a car. The day you drive it off the lot, it's going to be the best it's ever going to be. But he's like, no relationships are like, you know, setting up shop in an apartment. Like you choose mm-hmm. that and you make it your own. And that's what relationships are. But people kind of, I think people get in the car shopping dating mentality when relationships is really, I'm settling in with this person that's compatible and I'm making this relationship mine. Right. No, that's a, that's actually, that's a fair point for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also hard like when you're when you're meeting a stranger to ex- expect there to be and you know we we just did an episode mm-hmm. on like um how movies affect dating yeah. and and we're talking about like that sort of like love at first sight shit 
mm-hmm. you know, where people are like, I'm going to go on this date and every spark will be flying and everything yeah. will be a fit. And it's like, that's never happens. No. Or it's like the opposite. You go for the person where you're like, this is a train wreck, but this is probably real love. Yeah. When <laughs> it's so exciting, I think sometimes you just get drawn into that. Yeah. And that's where we get into this attachment idea where yeah. like a, I see a lot of anxious daters who will get drawn to these avoidance. Oh, right. There's so many sparks fly because there's differences and you think this person has what you need and what you've been looking for. And there's the chemistry of opposites that doesn't necessarily work out in real life, but it feels like this alluring thing that the movies have told us we wanted and so exciting. But those don't usually end well. We are talking here today about commitment phobia. So let's get straight fucking into it. How do you spot me? (laughs) It's so challenging. Um, I think that my biggest thing for daters is to really get plugged into what people are telling you on dates. Yeah. Uh, get really plugged into the circumstances surrounding your dates and the people, people tend to tell you who they are. That's what 100%. I've realized. Yeah. Um, but we tend to be really idealistic when we want something or a specific goal. We think we can merge like the perfect guy or like the perfect partner date into something that, you know, we want. We think that they are something, but they're not necessarily that. We have selective listening. Um, So my big thing for people is to really plug in. Um, Think about, I think that commitment phobes especially, they will tell you why why you shouldn't date them. 100%. All the time. They're really busy at work. Especially in the beginning. Yeah, they're really busy at work. They're about to go on like a major trip and, you know, way out of the country, like can't be in contact. I told somebody that recently. Yeah. But it was, I didn't, I wasn't that interested. So I was like, there you go. Look, I'm traveling for yeah, two months. And my friend was like, so what if somebody wanted to wait? I'm like, yeah, I guess the truth is I didn't really yeah. <laughs> want to attempt this they right now. They give you those reasons. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it happens. Yeah. And, and whether it's a commitment phobe or sign of, he's just not that interested. Oh, she's yeah, just not yeah, that interested. Yeah, totally. We don't want those anyway. Like yeah, when we're yeah, dating anyway. No, 100%. Listen, but people hear that and they're like, oh, they make excuses for it. Like, no, really plug in. Because people that really want to date you and they're really open and emotionally available, like they're not going to give you a bunch of reasons not to date them. Yeah. Or when they have a reason, they're going to like say, oh, I'm like traveling, but you know, we should touch base or like yep. we should have a phone call or, you know, something warm and welcoming so mm-hmm. you don't seem like a prospect that, you know, you don't want to turn people off when you're really open to dating. Truly. Totally. Yep. And mm-hmm. I think like, um, it's not just that like, yeah, as a former commitment phobe though, <laughs> uh, I don't, I actually don't think that what I'm doing, what I said now is like, I don't feel like it was wrong because I actually just didn't. Yeah. I wasn't trying to date. So I was yeah. like, I'm on a dating hiatus and I'm telling you why. Cause I don't want to like leaving and I, just don't want to right now. Yeah. And clearly I mustn't have been interested. Um, But I think like other people who are really trying to like convince, you know, commitment folks tend to also, they do want to keep you around as an option. Oh, for sure. But so they'll tell you just enough bad things, but they'll, they'll right. sort of veil it in a, in a way that, that like, it's almost like, just like a random thought that they've sort of said, you know, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, you know, yeah, fuck, man, I get really busy at work. Shit. And then they'll go on about something else. Right. And then, and then at the end, if you come back and are like, well, didn't I, like, I want to spend more time. They're like, didn't I tell you? I, I am really busy at work. Like I told you, it's like, they're, it's like they set you up so that you, uh, you know, where like they can tell you, I told you right in the beginning. And they're super communicative Mm -hmm. in the sense that like in the low key way, like Mm -hmm. they'll text you here. They'll like send you a 
picture on Instagram, yes. like something really low key. But I, I mean, I had that recently, like someone we were dating and he dropped off the map for like 10 days, just disappeared. Like, you know, the standard ghosting. Yeah. But like they always come back is my thing, like mm-hmm. especially commitment phobes, because it's not that there's no connection there. Oftentimes yeah. there is, but they're really not ready for a relationship. So they'll come and like poke you. There were like there was like a super long text of excuses of like, here's oh all the God, reasons yep. I was disappearing and I said, okay. And I'm one of those people where I'm like, I get busy too. I get weird. I get commitment phobic. I'm not immune to any of that stuff. Yeah, so yeah, I'm like, yeah. all right, cool. Let's meet up, like get a drink and just figure it out, clear the air. And like, he disappeared for another two days. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm done. Nah, yeah, no, <laughs> this is done. Not- I'm like, I don't think this is going to be worthwhile for either of us. So let's go the opposite way. But, you know, in my older years, I pro- or my younger years, I'm in my older years with more wisdom. I'm just like, I'm not going to put up with that now because I just don't have the time or headspace. Mm -hmm. And it's not like I would really like to find a relationship. Mm -hmm. I think that like that's a space that I'm entering. Um, But in the past, I would have totally been like, oh, he's just so busy, but we have such a connection. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This idealism. I would have totally totally. like sprinkled a veil of fabulosity over him. I think also, um, you know, when people, uh, we've we've said this on the show several times. I think you and I have talked about it too. The Mm -hmm. Maya Angelou quote that um, Mm -hmm. when somebody shows you who they are, believe them Mm -hmm. the first time is the key. It's like not about just believe them. It's believe them the first time because they're exactly what they're saying. Right. And I think commitment phobes are that like Mm -hmm. when I was one, I I told people and I tell people this. Notice that people are starting with a negative Mm -hmm. versus a positive because people who are ready and think about yourself when we have been in relationships where we liked the person, mm-hmm. we fucking put every part of our best foot forward. Mm-hmm. It was nothing negative fucking said about me. Right. Even if I knew there was something, I fucking spun that into like a happy, like, you should love me because of this. Yeah. Never like a negative kind of thing. Right. Or people's past relationships, I think is a big example. Like I was dating this dude. I wasn't even, honestly, I went on like three dates with him and he kept, but he kept sort of like that guy who keeps like bugging you over mm-hmm. and over again to hang out. Right. And then and then he every time I went out with him, he would tell me he's like, I'm really complicated. Girls, uh, my exes hate me. He goes, every one of my exes has slapped me at one point or the oh other. And I'm like, uh, OK. And then when he's like, he keeps hitting me, hitting me up. And I don't even care. I'm just like, OK, man, thanks for letting me know. And then yeah. he, it like bugs him. So then he like hits me up over and over to right. be like, well, like, why? Why can't we work out? I'm like, yeah. well, dude, I don't. You're literally telling me right. that you're a psycho. You've got to deal with your own baggage yeah, before you like, can create a relationship. I don't need it. Yeah. And then yeah. he's like, but then that like gets him into like some weird like loop. And I, I, I'm i just like, cool. Oh, yeah. Like I, think I don't you... even engage anymore with people. I don't have to give you some right. like, giant excuse. I'm just like, cool. Right. Like when he comes back, like a couple times, like kind of mm-hmm. like your dude, you know, and they yeah. come back and then they disappear and they give you excuses. I don't even say anymore. I'm like, well, I don't even want to meet up for drinks. I'm like, cool, man. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah. Like, there you I, go. I just don't even care. It's so common. And it's yeah, yeah. just avoidant behavior too. I think a lot of people get in this trap. Like totally. a, a, avoidance are inherently, and this is something about attachment theory. We've got to like piece out, but the avoidant attacher, like they, they want intimacy. They just don't know how to create it. Yeah. So they're going to keep you know, putting distance and then they'll come closer because like they want that intimacy again. Mm -hmm. They, they want to build a relationship, but they just can't. And that's why like, you know, I'm pro therapy, go to therapy, deal with your baggage. Everybody should go to therapy. Do that before you want to start like a true relationship and you'll be better off. But these are the people that we want to watch out for because it can be so toxic sometimes to get 
in that cycle of intermittent reinforcement. Yeah. I would also say some good um, signs that they're a commitment phobe or if they use two words or, or two phrases, um, just go with the flow <laughs> is one. And the second is I don't like labels. Yeah, I don't like labels. Yeah, that's a bad one. If you ever hear people get like squirrely around labels. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not. Girls good. are like that too. Yeah. And I actually call everybody out on it where yeah. I'm just like, and I'm somebody who doesn't, I've said before, like, I don't care for words, right. but that's not because I don't care for a label. Right. I have been cheated on so many times mm -hmm. as somebody's girlfriend right. that I'm like, me becoming your girlfriend isn't the right. end goal for me. Right. It's like, it's not like it's I not need, I need, I need the, I need to know that this is like a safe, secure relationship right. for me before that happens. Right. That said, if somebody wants to, like my ex, you know, he was like, I really want this. And I felt it was a little too soon for me, but I was mm -hmm. like, okay, like I'm not seeing anybody else. And if this matters to you, cool. Let's mm -hmm. like, I'm not opposed to it. I'm just saying like when people are like end goal, girlfriend, yes. end goal, this, I'm like that. Yeah. It should be about the end goal me. is like building the relationship that you want to yeah. have. But the label is like a common understanding. When people say, I don't like labels is is a bit big like red flag to me. Right. They want that out. They don't want the responsibility mm -hmm. and they want that out. They're like that. I told you so. That's that first caveat to like dating them. It's like even if something happens, they're like, well, I told you I didn't want this. Like yeah. I told you I didn't want like a label because it's it's constricting. Yeah. And that's kind of like it's never a good sign if they're really label averse. Yeah. And this is this is my my real talk to anybody out there who's like, I don't like labels. I'm just like, it's a fucking word. Like, yes. calm the fuck down. It's not like if you if somebody said that this is a relationship, that means you are trapped for the rest yeah, of your life and you can't contract get out. Yeah. It's like, you can get out anytime you want. It's really just fine. It's like, just because you say you're dating somebody doesn't mean it can't end. Mm -hmm. It's just like and a word. People are like way more freaked out about all these things now yeah. with the ghosting and the technology. People will just disappear. So the label is just like, basically like saying that you're going to work together to build a relationship. Yeah. You, you're going to talk about it if you want out of it. Mm -hmm. Like it's just that communication thing. It, and that's all that labels are. Yeah. It, it's just communication, clear communication. And it, I think it sets some, I, I actually, you know, again, old me, commitment phobe me, didn't like labels. Mm -hmm. I actually I actually tell girls this. You want a trick of how to get a guy to like you? Tell him you don't want to be his girlfriend. Yeah. I used to say that from day one of dating people and every guy would be like a couple months in, like, I want to be your, like, will you be my girlfriend? I was like, I thought I just said it in yeah. the beginning. I was like, no, I don't, I don't want that. Right. But it's like, um, as somebody who, who knew that, that like, I, I didn't want it. I mm -hmm. know when, when people are saying that to me now, like, I'm like, hmm. Mm, yeah. I know what you're playing. <laughs> I, I know the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was the best. <laughs> yes. Um, go with the flow is another fun one that happens a lot now. I think it's yeah. such a common, uh, the most annoying thing somebody could say to me is, you know, well, we should just go with the flow. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we should go with the flow. Yeah. But, what does that really mean? Yeah, but I also <laughs> tell people that like, um, I don't think, I don't think anybody should have timelines. No. I don't believe that you should be like, well, it's 31 days. Um, where are we? Yeah. You know, or it is 
two and a half months and we're in that, you know, like, right. but I do think that like a business, if you invest in your business, you have mm-hmm. timelines around your business mm-hmm. and you have milestone moments that you look at and you say, hey, am I getting a return on investment after six months right. or where am I at? And then at that point, it's not to say like you don't go with the flow of it. It's mm-hmm. also like, do you pivot? You know, where do you make those adjustments? And I don't know why people don't take their own life as seriously as they take a business. Right. It's like in your dating life is, you know, the way you approach dating should be the way you approach business. Yeah. There will be finite investments over the course of your life. Yeah. And yeah. like and you have moments and and again, I don't think it should be like, okay, if I've if I've said around six months is where I feel comfortable to know if this is serious or not, that you should be like, you know, six months in one day or six yeah. months and thirty seconds in. Um, yep. hey, let's have this talk. Right. You know, but and it should be like the intimacy in the relationship has to warrant it, where you feel like you yeah. need some kind of clarity. But yeah, people ask me about timelines all the time. It's probably one of the top three questions people ask. Yeah. And it's like, when should he have said I love you? Like when do we need to define the relationship? Like when should we be meeting parents? Like he hasn't introduced me to friends. Should that have happened yet? It's like that's when you kind of have to like chill out. And if you're getting way too like in the weeds about yeah. what has happened and like what should be happening, should is a toxic word. Um, exactly. But when you feel the intimacy in the relationship warrants some kind of label, then yeah, it, it's totally reasonable to bring it up. Yeah, yeah. Not just go with the flow. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, you you had talked about something with Amir Levine. Mm-hmm. What was that? The C-A-A-R-P? Or yes. Carp? This is a good one. Um, So CARP is what Amir Levine is like. He is an attachment researcher. He wrote the book Attached, which is one of my favorites. Um, And I would recommend it to anyone, um, especially if you've had problems dating or you feel like you've been in, you know, weird up and down roller coaster relationships. I think that that's like a huge book for those types of people. Um, And the things that he told me that you should be looking for in a date or like in a potential relationship mm. partner, we're like really big. And he uses an acronym, which is CARP. And let's see, it's consistent, available. Um, it's consistent, available, uh, accessible, reliable, um, and predictable. Mm. They're like all, and they're all words that are, you know, you kind of think like, that sounds boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but relationships at their core are like stable and boring in, to some degree. But he, in in his theory, he's like, you have to look for these people who are consistent and, and reliable and responsive to you and, and predictable. If they're not that up and down, that back and forth, it's like some kind of an avoidant attachment. Um, and you're probably not going to get what you need from that relationship, especially like if you crave intimacy. Like an yeah. avoidant can't give you that. A commitment phobe can't give you that. Not full time. Yeah. I don't know though. Like I don't find reliability or like somebody being predictable as being boring. I actually just find it as like, um, I've had the most fun with people that mm-hmm. like, that's what you have a friendship, right? Friends are right. so fun because you know that they'll be there. Right. And you know, you have somebody to go and do things with, right. or like you, you know, like those things are fun when you right. connect to people and they're those right. things. I'm just saying for listeners who might yeah, think they may, that like, oh, those words are There's boring. often like a spark. Yeah, yeah. There's often like a spark that you get at the beginning of relationships mm-hmm. that it's kind of like feeding off the unknown. I don't know if they're going to text me again. I don't know if that was like the first kiss, the only kiss, like, if 
you know, where will this go? Mm-hmm. They're not texting me all the time. I'm obsessive about it. Like a lot of times that is a relationship with an like avoidant and anxious attacher. Mm. And if you're anxious, like you're going to feel those things and you're going to feel like really attracted to this person. That person probably knows how to like create kind of that like hot chemistry versus oh, yeah. that like friend chemistry. Oh, I had that. Yeah. yeah. And that is what people get like really glued to. And and if you're used to that over and over and over again, it might feel like super stable if you find a secure attacher. You're just going to be like, oh, my God, he texts me back. Like, oh, my God, he's predictable. He like calls me this time, like a few times a week. And you'll Mm -hmm. get like these habits where it will feel foreign to you. You're like, am I? And that's what I see a lot of my anxious friends when they stop dating avoidance. They're like, I don't know. Like, there's not the same spark. It's it's a different spark when you have like a friendship with someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that ease of chemistry instead of that like spark driven chemistry. So it's like you have to retrain your attachment system to like things that are good for you if you totally. want that stable partnership. Totally. Can I say something really drastic? Yeah. I'm about to call all of us out. Okay. Um, as somebody who was, okay, again, the reason I call myself a f- former commitment phobe mm-hmm. is that when I realized it wasn't that I was just doing like, I wasn't a dick most of the time to people. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like making plans and canceling and disappearing on them or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I do remember finally waking up to myself when I just started realizing how come I'm constantly dating these negative people for me? And I will say something drastic, which is saying, I think that's commitment phobia. Mm hmm. I think people who constantly date the wrong person and come back and are like, I wonder why this is all happening to me is probably a commitment phobe. Yeah. Because there's some payoff you're getting. Like I I admitted it to myself when like I was known for long distance relationships. There was mm-hmm. a phase of part of my commitment phobia has probably gone through like all the spectrums of yes. it. But my one phase was long distance. So I would date people in different countries, different states, different parts of the city like yeah. that were really inaccessible to me. Yeah. And like I was in New York dating a guy in Philly. I was in Toronto dating a guy in India. I was like literally, oh, Toronto, Vancouver, um, Toronto, London. Like I was yeah. known for long distance relationships. Mm-hmm. And and people would be like, what the fuck? And I had to realize like, oh, shit, you know what it is? It's that I am a commitment phobe and I like the distance Yeah, where I have somebody, quote unquote, but I also have my freedom. Yeah. So I was like, oh, cool. Like, I'm sort of in something and I'm not dating anybody else. But like, I'm also free and I don't have to hang out with you and I can yep. do whatever the fuck I want. And right. you know, if I met somebody else, whatever, I wouldn't feel that bad. Yeah. You know, um, and I'm just saying, like, even people like who are who are like anxious personalities constantly yep. attracted to the avoidant. Yeah. Like, that's also a sign that we're probably yeah. commitment phobes ourselves right. and not always like you know, hating the person that's like the very blatant. Yeah. And you have to look at your habits. Like I had a very similar phase and that I would just choose people that were only going to be around for like, you know, two months, two weeks. Mm -hmm. Like there was a timeline and an end date. So like I couldn't destroy the relationship. It was always going to go that way anyway. And it was predictable to me, that pattern. So, but then I would be the same way. I'd be like, well, what's happening? Like, why do I like, why do I only like people that are leaving and they're just passing through? And it's because I didn't choose to like the people that were good for me. Yeah. And so like analyzing your own patterns, it's just huge. Yeah. It's huge, but most people don't do it. Um, And one of my favorite 
relationship experts from a long time ago, he was like, when early in my career, he said, most people don't have five bad relationships. They have the same bad relationship five times. Mm-hmm. And, and that is their pattern. So analyze your patterns and get to the root of it and ask yourself what don't date the same person over and over again. Yeah. Or the same circumstance over and over again. Totally. It, it'll just wreck you. Yeah. And last one for for a spotting commitment phobe, I got to say, is the person who you sort of sort of like your dude, the the rando ghoster is like um, mm. they don't make advanced plans. No, they're always they last never minute. make advanced plans. They like to be spontaneous. Yes. yes and they always say that. <laughs> I'm a spontaneous person. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always like, mm-hmm. yep. Like, and that can be like also super toxic. Like I remember back in the day, I really liked somebody. And so he would only make last minute plans. Mm-hmm. And so like, I would just wait. Yeah. And like totally. leave openings in my mm-hmm. schedule so that I can move things around and yep. see him. And Definitely it's like, been there. why did he, why did, would he give that kind of like, why would I do that for him? Yeah. Like why would I do that for anybody yeah. who doesn't want to make advanced plans with you? And people who don't believe that that's, that, that that's not the way you have to live. Like I'm telling you, as somebody who's been in like long, serious relationships, mm-hmm. they fucking made every plan they planned in advance they planned fucking trips like a year late like mm-hmm. a year in advance you're like what the fuck you know yeah people are there's there. nothing wrong with being spontaneous but if it's not like also cushioned with plans yeah. in your life then it's not going anywhere no. Not at all. Um, all right. We, we're going to do a quick um, advice to a famous character. Mm-hmm. It's our new segment here on Kind of Dating. Um, today, thanks to Jenna, we are going to do 500 Days of Summer. Yes. Um, guys, if you don't know this, this is a story of uh, a, a, an architect turned greeting card writer named Tom who meets um, one of his company assistants, Summer, mm-hmm. and he ends up... Um, they try to go out, but she's like, he says he believes in love. She says she doesn't believe in love. And uh, but they start hanging out and they're hanging out for months and months and months when he's finally like, hey, what's going on? And Summer's like, oh, um, you know, I don't I don't want to put a label on this. Like, yeah. we're fine. Like, let's just go with the flow sort of thing. Yep. And then then after a while, um, I think they like they do end up together, but then they break up. And then uh, he starts and he starts analyzing his life back with her and eventually like meets her again. And she ends up marrying somebody else Mm -hmm. and sits there and tells him that it was just that like, I wasn't like, it was that I was unsure about you, but I'm not unsure about this guy that I'm marrying now. Yeah. And Tom at the end, eventually, um, goes back into what he wanted to do, which is an architect. But then he mm-hmm. also uh, meets a new girl at uh, at his new job and sort of starts the cycle again. Yeah. Um, so in this one, the advice is to Tom, because normally yes. we, get, we tend to give advice to a lot of female characters. Mm-hmm. What would you say to Tom? Well, I, the one thing I remember that about that movie specifically was he projected so much fantasy uh, upon summer mm-hmm. and that is just not being glued to what's really happening he wasn't listening to her mm-hmm. he was listening to what he wanted her to be he like kept like idealizing her like she's the perfect girl but like she wasn't his perfect girl he mm-hmm. just wanted her to fit that mold so I, I think that that can be really challenging uh, for a lot of people to to separate the fantasy of what you want to happen from the actual reality of what is happening so doing that and being more in tune with what people are telling you number one um, and when you have that ability to start over again, I, I like that it ended that way where he can start fresh with, I think her name yeah. was Autumn. Yes, was Autumn like, was the like name. Like that yeah. flip. I was like, that's perfect. So you can start like to do these things, like analyze your past relationship. Yeah. Like, where did I go wrong? Mm-hmm. And, and that would be like my major advice for him. It's yeah. just glue into reality, Betty. 
Yeah, because she literally, it's everything we you. just said. She yeah. said exactly who she was right from the beginning. Yep. And you like continued on your merry way. Like yeah. this person's going to change for me. Yeah. Um, and-, and then it, you know, makes you wonder like what, what was, what was his payoff? Like what was he getting out of it? You know, where it makes me, that part, I obviously I don't know, but um, yeah. I do wonder like, yeah, why was he? I think like sometimes that's where you can get that superficial. Like we all have that chemistry with some people for, yeah. for no reason at all. Like we, we just, there's something about them. Um, but that can be really challenging and almost like visceral chemistry instead yeah. of actually like, who is this person? Are they responding to me the way that I want them to? Yeah. And like, does this feel like a real relationship moving in the same direction? And it also has a chance to get somebody who has their values. Like if you're somebody who's really idealistic and believes in love and you meet somebody that's like, I don't. Like, don't try to save them. Find someone else that like believes in the same kind of love yeah. that you do. And it's also difficult because I think for Tom, like he also really likes Summer because like she was encouraging him to do the things that he wanted to do but wasn't doing like his architecture Mm -hmm. career. And then eventually that's what he went back to. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we stay in things because we're like, well, this person supports me in this small aspect of life, but Mm -hmm. in the rest of the life, they treat me like shit, you know? Yeah. Um, And that is like, it doesn't make Summer... You know, sort of what bring it back to what the the first uh, listener who had like messaged me on Instagram said that to me, where it's mm-hmm. like I've learned they're not a bad person; they're mm-hmm. just not the right person for right. me. They're not a fit, and I think it's sort of like the summer Tom thing. Like she's yeah. not a bad person; she was pretty upfront and honest from the beginning. Yeah. You didn't believe her. Yep, it happens. Those are but yeah. Those but are people the... play their parts in your life, yes. and you can like be grateful that like yeah. she helped him. You can learn so much from that experience, even if it's not the right person. And I hate that we look at relationships so much as like it succeeded or it failed. Yeah. Like so many, every relationship fails then basically until you have like maybe one success. Every relationship is not like pass or fail, succeed or fail. Like you can really learn something from it. So don't just throw it under the rug. Like actually, you know, when you can look back at the relationship, analyze some of your behaviors, like what did you miss Mm -hmm. and what do you want to improve upon? What do you want out of a partner that you weren't getting? What do you want to be in a partner that you don't think you were? Totally. Asking yourself those questions. Yeah. So Jenna, tell us about attachment theory and so so you said a a couple of them you Mm -hmm. said like the anxious person with the avoidant person yes and that's like a like a common so the best part is like 50 percent of the population is secure the thing about secures are that they like relationships they're good at forming them and they tend to get out of the dating pool yeah so it's often great to find a secure but there are a lot of daters that are an insecure attacher so that means you're either anxious which means you know you're very idealistic. You might obsess a little bit about your relationships, not really know what they're thinking. Um, you crave a lot of intimacy, mm-hmm. um, but you tend to draw avoidance who are more of that classic commitment phobe. Mm-hmm. They can't give you a lot of intimacy, but they they tend to be a little more on the mysterious side. They will put distance in your relationship then they'll come closer and then you'll have distance again. And that cycle is very common because there are a lot of avoidant and a lot of anxious attachers in the mm-hmm. dating pool. And those are the primary ones. There's also a small one that's fearful, but they're much like anxious in terms of how they present. So I, I'm big into that because I, I think it's really important to know the types of people that you can form a healthy relationship with. Yeah, totally. And if you can't make it work with somebody who's avoidant or anxious, even on the flip side, some avoidant people, anxious is just too much intimacy for them. So just knowing your pattern like, yeah, is yeah. the best um, in learning those things and being really self-aware when you're dating. What fits? What and do I want? you can evolve too, right? Can mm-hmm. you evolve from like yourself? Because you I feel like I used to maybe be there's, the anxious type. There's something and now called I'm like... earn secure. 
which means okay. like when you do a lot of self-exploration, a lot of analysis, you, you work on like reaching your goals in dating instead of just, you know, defaulting to your natural tendencies, then you can really become a secure attacher. You can give people what they need. You might have those like underlying avoidant behaviors or mm. those underlying anxieties, but for the most part, you can be a secure partner for someone else. And it, it really just takes an added level of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. That's all based on the bonds that you form with a parent. Um, anxious people tend to have parents that are like, you know, intermittently available to them. Um, avoidant people, you know, they might have a similar, they have like a different coping style, which was just to be like super self-sufficient when they mm-hmm. were children because they weren't getting what they needed. Um, insecures tend to have like a loving, responsive parent. So you can explore that and do read Attached. It's a really great book for this. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and kind of just puts everything like together in a really easy to digest thing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's a big one. Um, so how can people make better choices? Man, I think that besides using plum, right? Yeah. Do use plum (laughs) (laughs) December 1st. Yes. It will definitely set you up to have better relationships from the get go, which is what we want Mm -hmm. when we're using apps. Like we're never going to go back to a a tech list world. It's not going to happen anymore. So we need to sort of embrace it in a way that works. What I like about it is also like, do you remember that there was this old app called, I forget the name, like Lola or something like that. or Lulu. Yeah. yeah, Where like a dude was like, or I think girls do, or was it just guys? I think it was just guys like were rated. But I like how like it's merged that into like a tangible Right. We're such a review-based society based on how we make investments. You look at Amazon or eBay or, you know, Goodreads. Like if I'm going to invest my time or, you know, my money into something, I want to know what I'm getting. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just that thing now where we can empower women to, you know, go out with people that, you know, have that layer of protection. Other people have vetted them. Other women have vetted them for you. Yeah. Um, and men, just if they're good guys, they'll do well in the end. Yeah. It's, so some, some people have got to just bite the bullet and go out with them. Yes, I think so. <laughs> and then and then be the raiders. Yeah. That's like how we're we're working and building up yeah. this entire system. Yeah. It's like the, the more you use it, the more you rate, like yeah. the better it will become. Well, well I'll be on it. So Thank guys, you. Um, this is. Yeah. Wait. I, I I try all the the new ones. Yeah. So. It's it's always great to find like and, and there's an app for everyone and it's not, you know, yeah, one like I'm app not for I'm everybody. not into certain apps. Yeah. And you, but I'm into other ones. So Yeah, yeah, of course. It's for different for everybody. Um I think also like for you know, for people to like make better choices. Mm-hmm. I think you besides like knowing what you want, mm-hmm. I think part of the, the fear of knowing what you want is like you just have to accept that it might mean most likely far less dates. Yes. And that's okay. Yeah. Like when now I've been so committed to like, I am done. I was just right. been like, I don't want to frivolously date. I just don't yeah. have the time for it. I And and I just don't have the mental like bandwidth for right. it either. And it's just not what I want in my life. That's right. it. That's all. And, um, and it's meant like far, 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 far less. Right dating and interactions right. and it, sex guys yeah fucking sucks <laughs> but um but I, I feel more fulfilled I right. really do and plum limits the matches I've always done that with dating apps so plum you can only get five a day which is what we're doing so we want people to focus on the matches but I used to do that even with bumble or tinder whatever it was like I would get talked to three people and that was it I would stop like mm-hmm. swiping or liking I was done um and I had to put those limits in place because I could just like it's like binge eating yeah, it's like mindlessly swiping yeah. um and that can just crowd your mental space to be able to be available to people totally. and you know be upfront about who you are and what you want like it might turn some people off if you're like hey I'm looking for a relationship or like this is who I am like and, and you're really vocal about it you may get fewer matches but they're probably more substantial ones yeah definitely 
it's a filter in itself. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, and just tell us one last thing. Who, who, what's the real deal? Oh, the real you talk deal. talk about it in your book. Yeah. The real deal is, is the mythic man who is just completely emotionally available and ready for a relationship. Yeah. Um, and sometimes people think that that's not real. I think for some for some reason, I think that that's kind of it in the book. It's a little bit of an ideal. Yeah. But there will be somebody that's like emotionally available for you in the right compatible fit for you. If you yeah. just keep looking, I've always seen that with people who thought they were going to give up and they were never going to find someone emotionally available or stable or, you know, willing to put out the effort that they wanted. But that real deal is like ready. He knows who he is. He knows what he wants. And he's patient. He's not yeah. like forcing someone into a relationship. He's patient. He's looking for that next like great love. Yeah. And that's who we're all looking for. And we want to be the real deal. We want to be with a real deal it's very much the ideal for you know people in this day and age yeah well I love this guys I hope we gave you a lot of food for thought here um Jenna once again how can people find you on social media and your app yeah please follow me on Jenna Birch on Twitter and Instagram and Plum Dates on Twitter and Instagram and you can find us and sign up for a little notification when we hit the app store um if this doesn't come out come to plumdating.com and you'll find everything you need there Amazing. Um, well, I will be um, on your app soon. So uh, Yay, can't wait. <laughs> um, guys, follow us. We're also on social media at uh, Kind of Dating on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And I'm at Natasha Chandel on Facebook and Instagram. Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter. Jenna, thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you for having me. Yay, finally met in person. I know, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to my other Jenna here, Ribbing, um, uh, Eric, uh, Adam here with us, Aisha, she's MIA today, but uh, thank you. Um, also, Jason and Starburns, thank you so much. Guys, download this episode wherever you get the your podcast and give us a five-star review. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's, um, you, it's youtube.com slash user slash Natasha Chandel. Um, yeah, there's a video version. You can see our pretty faces. I put makeup on for it. So watch. Um, finally, send us your dating stories and thoughts to kindadating at gmail.com. And guys, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time. Kind of Dating is created, produced, and hosted by myself, Aisha Holden is co-host and social media producer. Eric Griffin and Adam Pineless are our audio engineers. And Eric Griffin is also the video producer. Jenna Ribbing is our associate producer. The opening music is composed by Joe Lorenzetti. And our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yannick and K. Daniel Ellis.